Hello and welcome to a bonus quarantine end of the world episode of the Heart of Markness podcast. Over this weekend, another Mike Millard master has dropped thanks to the beautiful work of Gems, the group that restores the Mike Millard masters and transfers them to digital media so that they will live forever. And we have a good choice today. It was a Robert Plant show from 1990, San Diego, California, August 9th, August 9th, 1990, from the master cassette of Mike Millard. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. The super specs are... Let's see. Da 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 da. Wow. He used AKG 451E microphones with CK1 cardioid capsules in his Nakamichi, Nakamichi 550 cassette recorder with his custom battery pack so that he could tape the shows with fucking great quality. And this is kind of germane to the essential podcast because it is. Robert Plant, who is somehow related to Led Zeppelin. I mean, I could, if I had a whiteboard, I could show you. It's a little tangential, but um, I could I could do it. It's like a six degrees of Kevin Bacon thing. Um, apparently, he'd worked with uh, Jimmy Page in the past, and this is something you may not know. Not every most people know that he worked with Jimmy Page, but did you also know that Robert Plant had also worked at one point or another over the last fifty-five years with both. John Paul Jones, and John Bonham. So, that is how it gets on this podcast. That in the fact that it was posted on Saturday. It is, as Mike Millard tapes are, an excellent, excellent audience recording. And since it's a master tape, it's even excellent-er. So, let's jump in, shall we? Oh, before I do, let's talk some more about Badge Holder Blues. That is the 1977 DVD set that is being released by the fan community and Led Zepp film and his masterwork. Um, it is a compilation of the best audio from the L.A. 1977 recordings taped by this gentleman, Mike Millard, who you're about to hear, combined with tons of 1977 video 8mm footage of the LA shows 8mm footage of just other 77 gigs as well as the Seattle 77 video feed footage now that Seattle 77 video feed footage is excellent but the Seattle 77 show itself is subpar Led Zeppelin man Led Zeppelin's awesome you can't say that shitting on Jimmy no no it's come on lighten up this is fantastic. It is the best of 77, synced up remarkably well with tons and tons and tons of footage so that you actually can watch an entire ideal 1977 concert in video start to finish. And you get the rarities like Dancing Dazed on acoustic and It'll Be Me that were only played once or twice the entire tour. It's rewatchable. It's not like, oh, that's really cool. Ignore. It is unbelievably well put together. And every single day that passes before its release on June 21st, 
it gets better and better because people go through the video not me alas i i don't have i don't have the the patience and the wherewithal to scrub through an entire video with with great eye to detail to be like hey in over the top in minute 1142 or minute 11 uh 42 seconds in that transition is a little a little sloppy but that's what they're doing these this group that I don't think I can name yet, so I'm not gonna. But they they just tighten it up more and more. And there's just a group of people in this chat that um, I'm privy to 100% because of this podcast. Not because of my standing in the community or anything like that. It's just because I have this podcast and I am able to get that information to you and help spread the word among Zeppelin fans that this thing exists so that when it's inevitably copied and released by the bootleg companies and sold for cash money, you don't have to think that's the only way to get it. Because you're going to be like, shit, I, I downloaded that already because they want it to be free. It's made to be free. It's made to be shared. And it's exciting because... It's legitimately worth having, even being judged as an official release. Does that mean it's sparkling, unbelievable quality video-wise start to finish? No, because we're talking about 8mm film, which at best is not that is not high-res and is fairly herky-jerky as far as frame rate goes. But these guys have done an incredible job with syncing up Jimmy's hands, Bonzo's hands, Jonesy's hands, and Robert's mouth. That's funny. Statistically, some people listening went, hmm, Robert's mouth. That's fine, sir. Um, <laughs> so that disparate footage can be cobbled together. Not cobbled. It would be cobbled if it, if it was kind of half-assed. No. Meticulously matched with the audio so that you have a wonderful, I mean, at least as good as the song remains the same. And in fact, a lot better at syncing up what's going on on the screen with what you're hearing. And it's, I can't, I am so impressed by these people that, I mean, I'm kind of at a loss for words. It, it's a tremendous gift to the community, and it's a tremendous gift culturally, because now there's something that can be watched. I'm sure it'll be up on YouTube at some point, but you can own it and watch it from home, and it's something that you would watch consistently, not just as a bootleg DVD, like, oh, yeah, that was cool, and then you shelf it. It's something that you can watch over and over because it is that badass. And God bless them for doing it. And man, all the stuff that I see have have the privilege to see, to peek behind the curtain that these people work on. Man, it's a good time to be a fan. The the, uh, the younger generations are carrying that torch and moving it forward with speed. It is cool, cool, cool. All right, you know what else is cool, cool, cool? Robert Plant on his Manic Nirvana tour in 1990. I saw that tour briefly because it was a show that I walked out of 
not like I said good day, sir, but more like the Black Crows were the opening band, and they were so, so unbelievably goddamn good that when Robert came on and opened with watching you, I'm like, eh, and then did his not Led Zeppelin, Nobody's Fault But Mine. I was like, ah, and then Billy's Revenge. And I mean, these, these, they're good songs. And with the hindsight of wisdom of, uh, being now aged and decrepit, I should have stayed. But back then I was like, Hey, you know what? Fuck this. I think I saw the best part of the night, but listening to this show now, 30 years later, oh my God, 30 years later. Um, this is not the show that I was at. This The show that I went and saw him at was at the Worcester Centrum, other side of the country. But listening to this, and I listened to this today, it's really good. His voice is amazing. He's on point, and um, you're going to like it. So why are you still talking, Mark? Why am I still talking, Mark? Let's listen to... One of these great shows, again, August 9th, 1990, San Diego, California, by the legendary, beautiful Saint Mike Millard. All right. First song I want to play for you is Little by Little, because I like that song a lot. It was on Shaken and Stirred, an album I don't like a lot. Neither does Robert. That was his, oh, my God, I'm going to be 40. Look at me, I'm relevant. Look at me, I'm relevant. Look at me, I'm relevant. And then he put out this album that was like, uh, dude, really? Uh, you're really trying hard here. So then when he turned 40, he grew his hair out and sang Led Zeppelin again uh, so he could be famous. That's my take on it. But up, 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 up. Midlife crisis. It's a midlife crisis. Uh, sorry. Let's just shut up, Mark, and play the goddamn song. All right, little by little. August 9th, 1990. Again, fantastic quality. You're going to be so happy. We're going to listen to quite a few songs because they're not that long because it's not Led Zeppelin. Little by little. Great tune. Great tune. Enjoy.
There you go. I, I really like that song. I don't like the keyboards in that's in this performance that much, but um, I can't remember the dude's name. But he, at, um, oh my god, what is his name? Johnston, Phil Johnston, Johnstone. Anyway, good performance. Robert's in great voice. He was in great voice in 1990, and astonishingly great voice. Love it. Happy. Again, he seems much happier. The crowd seems much happier because he's being Robert Plant again, not Robert Plant led who? Never heard of it. I don't know who Led Zeppelin is, and I won't talk about it. Um, If you remember, if you were there in the early 1980s, the MTV days, Robert Plant became a tremendously huge star solo-wise with um, his second solo album, Principle of Moments. That's the one that had In the Mood and Big Log and, oh, what, Other Arms? Big Log and In the Mood were the two that were huge. They were always played. They were overplayed video-wise to the point where you were burned out on them. But he was tremendously successful on that. And then um, he recorded the Honey Drippers stuff with Jimmy on a couple of tracks and Jeff Beck at the behest of Ahmet Erdogan, the uh, the founder and owner of Atlantic Records, for whom they also did the 2007 reunion, in whose honor they did the 2007 reunion. And he did the Honey Drippers just kind of as a lark because Ahmet likes Robert's voice singing that material. And he did it, and it became huge, huger than any of his solo material and it was oh Robert's working with Jimmy again this is Jimmy Page and Robert Plant again and a kind of this little funny side project EP it wasn't even a full album it was just a few songs I think there was even a 10 inch vinyl edition released that um, I think I owned in the long long ago in any case um, that Success and that kind of like, yeah, but I'm uh, combined with the whole, I don't want to talk about Led Zeppelin. If you saw him on any interviews on MTV, this is when he really cultivated his, you ask me a question about Led Zeppelin and I will go off on a tangent and talk about nothing and for nine minutes and you'll have absolutely no information. Deep and meaningless, I think, is when that phrase was coined. Because he didn't talk about Zeppelin. He became progressively... He seemed to become progressively more anti-Zeppelin. And given the last few years of, his, of, of Zeppelin's career, I don't blame him. And given how toxic that band became, you know, mainly due to the deep, deep, deep addictions that were going on and uh, the people that were in the band because of the choices made in that state and the tragedies that happened in the latter part of Zeppelin's career, you know, to Robert specifically. And then of course the loss of, of, of Bonzo. There's not good memories there. It was not a nice finish. And I think he was kind of easing his way out of the band anyway before um, the band just kind of crumbled apart because of the loss of Bonzo. So there's a lot of stuff going on there. 
And then to have this side project overshadow everything he had been doing to successfully carve out a niche as Robert Plant's solo artist with these shows where he didn't play any Zeppelin material. It was all his material and people were still showing up. And then he did Shaken and Stirred after that, after the Honey Drippers, maybe concurrent with they released. I don't know if he was competing with that, but um, Shaken and Stirred came out and it was it was uh, uh, the last album made by the first iteration of his solo band where he he got rid of uh, uh, Jez Woodruff and was that his name? My gosh. Age. Uh, Robbie Blunt, his guitarist, that was his last album. In fact, most, from what I've read, most of the guitar on the Shaken and Stirred album is actually done through synthesizers with guitar sample sounds. Because Robert was just like, let's do something new. No, no, we have to do something new. Let's do something new. Let's reinvent this. Let's, you know, and, and purpose, purposely trying to not, purposely kind of trying not to be Robert Plant in a way. And it did not sell well. It was not. It was not continuing his trajectory. It was. It was not what people wanted from him. And um, so he went away for a couple of years. Came back in 1988 with his long hair again, and suddenly he's playing Zeppelin tunes again. And suddenly he remembers that he was in Led Zeppelin, and we'll talk about it and embrace it. And and that's the same year Jimmy did the same thing. The firm didn't play Zeppelin songs, nor Bad Company songs, nor Free songs. And unfortunately, their body of work was not as solid as Robert's initial out of the gate, because Robert's first two albums had some really solid shit on it. Um, so I don't know what happened in 88, whether there was a come to Jesus moment at a company meeting, you know, for Led Zeppelin, the, the kind of the business of Led Zeppelin, they would still meet. And I guess they still do meet couple times a year because you gotta it's 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 your it's your business and maybe they decided all right let's um let's start playing zeppelin again we can't deny it anymore so he did and then this is his second album which is kind of like now and zen 2 in a way a lot of people like this album manic nirvana i i don't think it's bad it's not like oh his performance is terrible it's just you know it's it, it's it's there's not much depth there, or I cannot, I cannot perceive much depth there. So it's just not my bag, yo. But I did love his next album, Fate of Nations. But since I have spent a million years talking again, let's listen to a song from the album that he was touring and supporting, Manic Nirvana. And let's listen to the song, Nirvana. Ooh, I love you, love you, love you. So it's fun. And the people like it, and he likes it, and it's nice to hear Robert have fun. Happy Robert is the best Robert. So here we go, Nirvana, August 9th, 1990. Let's go! 
it was good. I mean, the performance of it was good. It's not a song of great depth with, uh, you know, there's not a lot of tread on the tire for longevity, in my opinion. But the performance is good, and it's nice to hear Robert being excited and having fun and sounding virile again. So what shall we listen to next, children? Oh, I think what we should listen to is one of the Zeppelin songs he did, Wearing and Tearing. Because he did that um, at Nebworth 1990, the Silver Clef benefit, I think is what it was, uh, with Jimmy. Jimmy came out in his Outrider suit, um, and they did Wearing and Tearing, and it was great. And this is also great. It doesn't have Jimmy, so it's not as great, but the song itself is great. The subject matter is great. Um, Man, Robert got salty at the end in those lyrics. Very pointed. Like Carousel Ombra, Jimmy's like, let's mix that shit down to uh, inarticulateness there, shall we? Uh, Warren and Taryn, another one about uh, somebody that Robert seems to be fond of and emotionally invested in. Um, perhaps coming under the influence of things that he shouldn't and have maybe gone out of his control. Who knows? Who knows? In any case, it's a badass song. Let's listen to it. Again, Robert Plant, August 9th, 1990. Mike Millard, Master, Bing Bong. Here you go.
That was awesome. That was awesome. His voice was incredible. It's amazing. He hit that. It's just an old friend, but eight million octaves higher. That's my favorite part of the song. Man, totally about somebody dealing with addiction and kicking it and then falling back and lying about it. No, don't keep convincing. Oh, my goodness. Whoever could it be about? Insanely powerful song, though, and I love it. All right, let's play. Wait a minute. I know what you're going to do. Ha, ha, ha. Let's get the social media shit out of the way first. Hey there. Boy, hi, handsome. You look good today. You know what you look like? You look like somebody... I can thrive under the weight of responsibility. Somebody that's a pillar of the community. 
both virtual and literal. Not that you're literally a pillar, but the, the, the community in which you live and the community in which you listen, the Led Zeppelin community. And as such, as a pillar, would you like to bear the burden of helping to support this humble podcast? Patreon.com slash Heart of Markness. If you want to help support the podcast, if you want to get an extra episode that's only for the patrons every month, if you want to be better than other people, if you want to get discounts on the merch that is now actually manifested, I got the first batch of stickers in and I'm going to send the first batch of stickers out soon to the patrons. It's just the Heart of Markness logo. Um, I'm going to whip up another batch that's going to have the Mark Face Wisdom stickers and then uh, get everybody a little pair of stickers that happens to support me and then when i get mugs and t-shirts and coasters and all that stuff you'll get discounts on that too pretty smooth huh you are incentivized to spread the propaganda of the heart of markness but seriously if you want to help out it is uh genuinely appreciated it genuinely makes an impact on my life i am not a wealthy man so it helps helps pay for the soundcloud the website hosting the hosting of the shows that you can download on the mega site etc etc anyways the people for whom you can thank for supporting this month are avi bill brad danielle david other David, Mark, Mimo, Peter, Tracy, and Wayne. Thank you, everybody, for taking the time to support this humble podcast and its mission of bringing live music to the masses. Thank you. You can also follow me on Twitter at Heart of Markness. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Facebook. There's a lovely Facebook group, Heart of Markness. You got to ask to join, and that's just because um, when I turned that off, I was initially flooded with, like, Nigerian scammers, and I guess they're still around, and lots of, you know, super hot people who wanted to be friends with me who are like, hey, baby, how are you? I'm like, oh, no, you don't. I know how this works. I fall in love with you. We masturbate together on webcam, and then you blackmail me. I'm not falling for that again. I mean, ever. So, join this community. It's this, there's great people. There's great people. It, we've we've moved past the point of just diffuse. Me just posting. Here's the podcast, and like my real life friends are like like. There's an actual community. There's actual content, there's dialogue back and forth, there's people that you can ask questions to, talk about things, really, really great bunch of folks in the Facebook group. So yeah, follow me on Twitter, follow me on Facebook, or join the Facebook group and become part of the elite. Become a patron if you want, if you feel like it, if not, listen for free, I appreciate it. And you can also really help out the podcast in a tangible, measurable way by leaving a review on whatever platform you're listening to you know itunes stitcher google play whatever you're listening to you, if you leave a review on that platform it helps the you know the algorithm find me when people search for led zeppelin or when people search for classic rock or live music it helps me pop up and you know 
helps me out, man. Muchly appreciated. All right, we are done with all that awkwardness. And it is a little awkward because it's just, it's something I have to shoehorn in for the, the business of the podcast. Because even though this is a small, sitting on my couch holding a microphone podcast, it's still, uh, it's something I want to grow. It's something I'm trying to grow, trying to make a little more professional every time. Even though last episode I did half of it with my laptop mic on instead of this great microphone that I'm holding because, you know, I am a flawed human being. But let's get back to someone who is not flawed as much as I. Robert Plant. When was he not flawed? 1990. More specific. August. More. August 9th. Where? San Diego. Ah, leave me alone. Okay. Hurt and Kind. The other song and the major hit off of this album. It is good i mean it's just a, it's a cock rocky song it is there's not much depth there but it is fun and it is very well performed and the crowd like it so let's listen shall we thank you
that was good. <clears throat> I like it how he put some of uh, the little uh, In My Time of Dying in there. Oh, my Jesus. That was good. This was a good show. I should have sat through that concert back in 1990. I, I want to slap that kid. <laughs> Go back in time. Hey, 22-year-old Mark, what? Kapow! Sit in your fucking seat and watch the show. Yes, the Black Crows were good. Robert Plant is as well. Numb nuts. Aye. I am not a wise man at times. Especially if you go back in time. The wisdom decreases as the youth increases. Well, there you have it. There's your bonus episode. Robert Plant, San Diego, 1990. Taped by the legendary saint, Michael Millard. And I'm going to call him that from now on. Because of what he has done, the good he has done for the live music community, the classic rock community, and the culture, Western culture in general. His amazing live recordings that span from like 1975 to the early 90s, close to 20 years. As time passes, they're going to become more and more valuable, especially now that the Gems group is restoring them and releasing them because they were not available before. Mike held on to his masters <coughs> and um, used to, when he would trade tapes, he would mark each tape. There would be a little sonic glitch. He would do a little, little glitch or a little dropout or a little something on each tape that he would trade, as I understand it. I mean, I may be completely wrong, but this is what I've heard. So that if it were to be released as a bootleg and sold, he could tell by listening to it which son of a bitch ratted him out and uh, sold the tape. These are the masters or the first generation. Some of them are first generation. This one happens to be a master. That is restored, meaning they take it out of the old shell, sometimes if needed, put it in a new tape shell, bake the tape in an oven if you have to, sometimes to bring a little bit of that... um. God, what's the, the the lubricant, the 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 adhesive, the the oil that helps hold the oxide to the tape from the depths to the surface, so that the oxide, because old cassettes, old tapes, the the oxide can just be scraped right off it by the head of the tape, just simply by the action of passing the tape over the head, and then you have signal loss, you have information loss. It's no bueno. So these guys do it right and. You know, this is here and it's here forever because it's been digitized. It's been put up on the uh, the BitTorrent sites. Dime a dozen had it and um, people are taking it. People are propagating it. And, you know, once it's online, it's it's out there forever. So that's why he is Saint Mike Millard, because holy mackerel, he has done a lot of good for Western culture and preserving these shows. Otherwise, this would be a one and done. You would have heard it with your ears at the time, walked out and said, wow, that was cool. And now it's here. We're hearing it 30 years later. Brilliant. All right. Thank you very much for listening. I will be back Thursday with a regular old Heart of Markness podcast, which means it'll be Led Zeppelin or Led Zeppelin related. I mean, not that this isn't, but the bonus episodes could be anybody. I've done David Bowie, all that stuff. Who else have I done? Done The Who? Fleetwood Mac, Stevie Nicks, Tom Petty, David Bowie again. 
who wouldn't do David Bowie twice? He's a beautiful man. Or was. Man, wasn't that crazy when he died? I'm still weird that David Bowie's dead. And it's so weird. It was just such a shock because it was like, Hey, a new album from Bowie. That's cool. Hey, this album's good. And then like two days later, it's like, he's what? He's what? I didn't even know he was sick. Okay. Thank you for listening. Be good to yourself. Be good to each other. And I hope that you listen next time. And thank you very, very much. Bye-bye.